Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network and our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a great tasting protein bar, well look no further. Built Bar has everything you could possibly imagine. Great taste, they're not hard as a rock, they don't taste like a shoe, and there's all sorts of fun, fantastic flavors for you to try. Just go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code Locked On. So, yesterday we did our tribute episode for the Three Titans that we've lost in recent weeks. Um, today, we're going to focus on free agency. Um, some of the main players that have left, what's maybe left over. If I have time to get to some players that are left over, I might have to push that to tomorrow. But uh, there's been some movement, not really in the pitching side of things, as the only starting pitcher to get uh, more than a one-year deal was Mike Miner, who got a two-year $18 million. Every other starting pitcher has been on a one-year deal so far. Uh, still no movement on Trevor Bauer. But the position player market has really started to take a turn. There's still some players available. Marcelo Zuna is still on the market. Nelson Cruz is still on the market. Jock Peterson. These are guys that are probably going to have to wait or probably waiting until uh, they have a, a true definitive statement on the DH. Uh, these are these three guys are, are all looking to get bigger contracts, uh, which will only happen if the DH expands into the National League for 2021. Uh, if it's only you know, 14, 15 teams uh, that have a chance to sign them. Ha- most of those teams already have their DH situation figured out, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, Blue Jays obviously making big moves with the signing of George Springer, which is when that kind of hurts. Six-year, $150 million, $25 million, uh, uh, $25 million a year for him. I mean, that's $25 is not a lot. for it's, it's it's a pretty good contract, I think. There's a lot of people that don't like the, the amount of years that Springer got because he's already in his 30s, but Springer's a little bit of a late bloomer. Uh, and he's a guy whose game's probably going to age pretty well, especially as he gets out of center field and gets into a corner. He's the type of bat that I think is going to he's going to be fine. I don't I don't think he's a, a real risk to me uh, to to make bad returns on that. And the AL East actually his offensive numbers will probably go up because the AL East is like every basically every park there's a little league park. Um, puts the Jays in an interesting spot as they also signed Marcus Simeon to the same deal that the Braves signed Ozuna to last year, one year and eighteen million. Uh, that that makes it interesting for the Toronto Blue Jays is now that's probably going to push Kevin Biggio to the outfield. Simeon's probably going to play second base uh, unless they decide to have Simeon try to play third and move Vlad Jr. to first base. I'm not entirely sure how they're going to approach that situation, but Kevin Biggio uh, could be floated for starting pitching because they do. Even though they traded for Steven Matz last night, they do still need starting pitching, uh, and I do think that they could float. Randall Grichuk is the guy that they would obviously try to move first, but if they wanted better starting pitching, Teoscar Hernandez is a guy that they can move. Uh, they can afford to do that now that they have Lourdes Gurriel in the outfield along with George Springer. They tried to get Michael Brantley, couldn't quite get him. Um, Looks like the Jays are, are really trying to go for it. I mean, the Kirby Yates signing for them was just phenomenal. Um, a lot of moves being made there. The NL East is making moves. We know that the Mets have Lindor now. I still think that they're the team to beat for Trevor uh, for Trevor Bauer. Uh, I think that they are the the as long as Steve Cohen doesn't lose all of his money thanks to uh, Redditors and GameStop uh, GameStop stock. Uh, I think that they're the team to beat for Trevor Bauer. 
Phillies brought back JT Romuto. Now that's one of the interesting ones. Is, um, I can't remember if it was, I think it was John Morosi was saying that the Braves were in on Real Muto and just tying into the fact that Alex wanted Real Muto a few years ago when, when the Marlins were looking to trade him uh, and kind of pulled the rug out from under Alex, and, and Alex was not happy with the Marlins for that. Um, Phillies had to pay a catcher 25, $23 million, I think it was, $23 million a year just to not get worse. Real Muto is still the best catcher in baseball uh, by a pretty fair margin right now. There's some other catchers that I think have the talent to challenge him in the coming years, but for now, JT is, is pretty far and, uh, far and wide the best all-around catcher, excellent defender, amazing arm, and amazing at holding the running game close, uh, is an elite framer, and is an elite offensive player, particularly for a catcher. Now, I, I never really bought JT coming to Atlanta uh, unless you had the DH, and even then, most of Real Muto's value comes in that he's an elite catcher. Uh, now they could have brought him in and then traded Travis Darno, who as good a season as he had last year, I don't think he's a fair bet to match that 144 WRC plus that he had a season ago. Um, it's not ever been Alec, uh, it's never been Travis's uh, game for any other season in his career. I do think Travis is still going to have a good season. I think he's, uh, I think he's really improved. I think he's evolved, uh, and I think staying healthy is a big thing for him. He's always had talent. He's just never really been able to stay healthy enough to put it all together. So I do think he's going to regress, uh, but I still think he'll be better than what his career averages are. So um, didn't feel the huge need to upgrade from him there. Although, I mean, anytime you can get a JT Romito, you can. I just don't really buy into whenever I see people say the Braves were in on somebody, like when, when they say that the Braves were in on George Springer all the way to the end as a fallback. If you're in as a fallback, you're not really in. You're just telling him that, hey, if you can't find what you want, I'll, I'll give you this short-term deal and you can reset your market. That's not really being in. That, that's something that every GM should be doing. I mean, it's, it's the Bryce Harper, Manny Machado thing. I mean, just because you offer them three years and $90 million and they don't turn it down doesn't mean that they were ever going to consider taking it. It doesn't mean you were in on them. It just means that you let them know that you were willing to be their fallback destination. Um, you can argue or you can be upset with that philosophy if you want, but at this point, I, I, it, it's Alex's MO. We know what he's going to do. Alex is one of these guys, for better or for worse, he is not going to overextend himself. He has a set level of what he's comfortable with. He's not going to go beyond it. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter if, if he has the money to do so. He is not going to do that. And there's probably some vestiges of that going back to his Toronto days. The uh, the Troy Tulowitzki deal for him was a bad deal, and he left Toronto in a very in a not very good spot. Uh, and then went to the Dodgers. Seems to be that's what he kind of took away from working with Andrew Friedman is to stick to your guns and stick to what you're comfortable with. Um, now I understand if you're upset about it. Uh, I don't always enjoy it myself either, uh, but the Braves are in an interesting spot. I do, st I do think that they should. If it were me personally, I'd be more aggressive. But I'm not going to to get up in arms because it's been three off seasons now. I know what Alex is going to do. I know the way he thinks. So does everybody else who's paid attention. Uh, and it's just not something that that I'm going to waste my time getting angry about when I already know how it's going to happen. And it's not like the Braves haven't done well under Alex. The Braves have done very well. Um, we can we can talk about and debate whether or not relying on one-year deals is a foolproof solution. Typically, it's probably not. You're not going to hit on all of them the way that they hit that he hit on Josh Donaldson and Marcelo Zuna. You are going to have your fair share of Cole Hamels in there. Uh, but for now, I mean, you can't argue with the results that Alex has gotten. Um, adding in the two starting pitchers, um, you know, Charlie Morton and, and Drew Smiley, it does upgrade the starting pitching, getting Soroka back healthy, having a more experienced Ian Anderson 
Um, it does make the team better in that aspect than they were a season ago. I don't think they're any worse than they were uh, as a team in 2020. I think they're right around the same as they were coming in. Uh, you should expect some regression from Friday. You should expect you should expect a better season from Acuna, a better season from Ozzy, and that should hopefully level out the regression that you'll probably get from Friday and the re- the regression that you'll get from Travis. Um, but overall, I, I think the team's in a very similar spot to what they were a season ago. Now, I don't want to go into 2021 in a similar position to 2020. I want to go into 2021 better than I did 2020, but... Uh, there, there's still moves to be made. Once we come back from break, we'll take a look at some of these moves and uh, maybe take a look at, at some some kind of under the radar uh, under the radar guys that could help this club. Because unfortunately, or depending on how you feel, fortunately or, or unfortunately, I do think it's more the under the radar guys that the the Braves will be taking a look at. I don't think that we're a big player for any of the major guys, with the exception of Marcelo Zuna, just because of the familiarity. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to talk about who's left on the market coming up next here on Locked On Braves. Hey everybody, it's Dylan here to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is one of my favorite sites to go to. Uh, I played for UFC 257, took home a nice tidy sum too. If you've been, uh, if you were on Bet Online, you could have done the same thing as me. If you're a beginner, uh, easy, easy bets. You don't have to worry. They've got bets for experts. They've got bets for sharps. They've got bets for beginners. They've got simple win lose, which is as easy as you can possibly do. If you want to make your sporting events even more fun, put a little bit of money on it. It puts a little bit more excitement. It gives you a little bit more drama. It makes you a little bit more tuned in. If you go to Bet Online and you use the promo code Locked On, they're going to give you a nice little bonus too. Uh, just go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code Locked On and get started really having a good time. Get started really enjoying sports you never thought you would enjoy. Just go to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On today. Hey guys, it's Dylan here to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one place to go for your protein bar needs. If you are a snacker and you are up late, like I am, uh, and you like to snack at 11, 30, 12 o'clock-ish, instead of snacking on candy, which is admittedly delicious, reach instead for a Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious, high, high-protein workout bar very few carbs. Most of them have about four net carbs, so they're really not bad for you at all. They're not hard as a rock. They don't taste like a shoe. They've got all sorts of interesting flavors. German chocolate cake, um, almond toffee, I mean, raspberry, all, all sorts of raspberry cheesecake, just just crazy amounts of, of different flavors that, frankly, I've never really seen in protein bars. And, and if you've been, you know, working out for at any point in your life, you've tried other protein bars. You've tried other workout bars, and you know they're just disgusting. Well, Built Bar, they tried to combine taste and health in one bar, and they did a great job of it. If you don't know which flavor you want to try, go to BuiltBar.com, build your own box. You can try all of them the same way you can go to Publix and get yourself a make-your-own six-pack. Do it. Go to BuiltBar.com. Get try whatever flavors you want. Find the ones that work out for you best. I promise you, you're not gonna go. You're not gonna regret it. Just go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On and get started trying the latest protein bar craze. Hey everybody, welcome back to Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. So, 
Before the break, I said we were going to talk about um, some of the guys that are still available, some guys that I still think are, are good fits. Now, obviously, Marcelo Zuna is a great fit. Obviously, I'd love to have Marcelo Zuna back here, especially if there's going to be a DH, just like uh, Nelson Cruz would be one of my favorites. That's also I'm also biased. I, I love Nelson Cruz. Uh, he's one of my absolute favorite players in baseball. He hits the ball ridiculously hard. He's the ageless wonder. Um, but that, those two are both tied to whether or not there's going to be a DH. Um, the one player I think that's available that fits Alex's what Alex wants to do and what Alex likes to do perfectly is Justin Turner. Now, Turner's a guy that, while he doesn't have the, the same incredible power as Marcelo Zuna or Josh Donaldson, and he's older, um, Justin Turner is a guy that fits what Alex likes to do very, very well. Uh, third baseman, which Braves need an upgrade at third base. I know a lot of people love Austin Riley, but as of this point, he hasn't shown you that he can do anything with any level of consistency. And so if you're a World Series team, the name of the game is to get better. One of the easiest places to get better at right now is third base and left field. Justin Turner plays third base. Um, absolute dynamite for for the Dodgers. Um, really made the Mets look like morons, but the power came on for him. Just a, a late bloomer. Really commands the strike zone well, runs a high OBP, which is something that should age very well. He's not a great defender anymore, but he's still better than Riley. Uh, he's a guy that's not going to take a lot of years, and this is one of those things that I think is going to play a big role for Alex Anthopoulos uh, because Justin Turner, he wants four years. No one is going to give him four years. Uh, he's going to have to settle for one or two, and this puts the Braves at a high priority with Justin Turner. Now, the Dodgers, from everything I've read, do want him back, so that would be a very big person for the Braves to have to compete with. Now, could Alex give two years and $36 million or two years and $40 million for Justin Turner? It's certainly plausible. That's something that I would really look into. Uh, I love Justin Turner. He's a guy that you can bat right behind Freddie. You could bat him right in front of Freddie. He can bat second or third, and you can do what you want with Freddie at that point, and Ronald Acuna can still lead off. And while you don't have the same power level that you had with Ozuna, Turner gives you a better level of consistency. And Turner's going to hit a ton of extra base hits as well, drives in a lot of runs himself. Um, it, it's going to keep the offense fairly similar. Um, I'm a big fan of Justin Turner's game. I, I know... Uh, a lot of people are still really upset with him uh, about coming onto the field after the World Series. Uh, I'm not talking about anything like that. But he is a player that makes a lot of sense for this Braves team, and he makes this team markedly better than they are right now. So I'm a big fan of Justin Turner. You just have to figure out what you're going to do with left field. Now, if the, if the Braves are going to continue with Austin Riley, and there's no, there's no real reason why they shouldn't unless they just upgrade, um, Jock Peterson's a guy that makes a ton of sense there. I mean, Jock being able to play the lion's share would give you would give Riley time to try to adjust, um, get some work in, and, and try to figure himself out a little bit. Uh, plus, he can split time at third base when Turner needs days off. He can split some time at first base if Freddie needs a day off, split time in right field if Ronald needs a day off. Uh, you can Essentially, you can use Riley to give a lot of players days off, and it makes your bench a little bit better because the, right now the Braves bench is awful. Uh, even adding Adrianza... Um, adding Pablo Sandoval, which was worthless. Uh, both of those guys on minor league deals. So they don't really have anybody added for the major league bench. Johan Camargo coming back. Hopefully he can figure something out because I love me some Johan. But um, Jock is a guy with a ton of power. Um, he, he would fit pretty well into this lineup, especially if you had a Justin Turner type. I don't like Jock batting third. I don't mind him batting fourth because of the power aspect. Um, 
he he's a guy that's going to drive some fans crazy because he's going to strike out a lot and he's going to run about a 225 to 230 batting average uh, but he's going to hit a lot of homers he's going to hit a lot of extra base hits he's not a worthless defender he he has some good moments he has some bad moments but he can play left field uh, and splitting time with Austin Riley it's a, it's a good I don't think he'd be crazy expensive I think uh, I think that's one that you could get on about a three years and thirty million. Now you'd have to beat the Angels, which is why I'm saying ten million a year. I don't think he's necessarily a ten million dollar player. I think he's closer to a seven and a half or an eight million dollar player. But you'll probably have to outbid the Angels, who who look like they are uh, pretty interested in Jock Peterson. At least they were interested enough to trade for him last year uh, until that deal fell through. Um, I mentioned the Blue Jays. Uh, after adding all the players they've had, they've got some surplus players, whether that be Kevin Bijo, Teoscar Hernandez is the guy that I would look for. Not a great defender, but he's been playing center field mostly. So you move him into a corner spot, maybe he gets a little bit better. Uh, you get him out of Toronto, maybe he's a little bit better defender outside of Toronto. Uh, wasn't a great defender in Houston either, but both of those guys had him in center field for a while. Um, he hits the ball very hard, has a lot of power, and he's really come on offensively. He's a guy that would make a lot of sense as well. Uh, that would be a deal that you could try to center around Kyle Wright as they do need starting pitching. This is going to be the issue, though, for, for everybody that's you know clamoring for, for uh, Jose Ramirez or, or clamoring for Matt Chapman or Nolan Arenado or Trevor Story. The Braves don't have a ton of, of prospect depth and a ton of high-end prospects that they can really deal from anymore. Pache and Ian Anderson are going to graduate off the prospect list this year, and when they do, the Braves' farm system is going to drop into the mid-teens, probably somewhere around 15 to 17. They just don't have the high-impact guys that they had a couple years ago now that Max is off the list and Soroka and, and uh, Wasker Anoa is going to fall off. and He was never super high, but high enough to be in the top 10 of the Braves. Um, Ian Anderson, Christian Pache... Really, you're going to be left with the three. You're going to have about three main prospects right now that are going to be driving numbers. That'll be Drew Waters, that'll be Shea Langoliers, and probably William Contreras. Now, there's some rumblings that Shoemake might break into the top 100. I'm not a. I'm not sure how that's going to go. Everybody's going to have him a little bit differently. Some people have a higher ceiling on him. Some people think he's a super utility at the big league level. So it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of floats out there. Kyle Muller's a guy that uh, I think was in the back end of it last year. He could fall out this year or he, he might hold firm. Uh, six walks per nine is probably not going to help that out. Um, but that's really kind of Michael Harris. He's a guy that could jump in. He was, he was in Baseball America's top 150. So he could jump into the top 100. It's going to be really interesting to see since there was no 2020 season for the minor league guys. It's going to be weird. It's going to be hard to see who's going to get jumps up into like the top 100s or if it's just going to kind of hold firm. But really, you've got Waters, Langoliers, and Contreras, and that's kind of the three guys right now. And not everybody is going to be uh, in the market for those guys or have the same type of valuation on those guys. So they don't have the Braves don't have the same position of strength they did. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, you can say the international sanctions, they certainly played a role because they haven't been able to replenish uh, their their lower farm systems with with international free agents. Now they're getting Ambioris um, Ambioris is, is Taveras is a guy that's going to he's instantly going to be in my top 30. He might even start off like right in the top 20 for me. Um, really really talented guy. It's going to take him a little bit before he jumps into top 100s and stuff like that, but They've got a lot of high floor guys. They've got a lot of guys who have improved significantly since they've been in the Braves system, but that kind of inherently makes them more valuable to the Braves than it does to any other team. That's why guys like Tucker Davidson don't carry the same trade value 
outside of the Braves organization that Braves fans think that they have. Just because we've seen Tucker's growth and we've seen how good Tucker can be, that doesn't mean that he has the same value as a guy that was drafted in the first round. Most other teams aren't going to have been following him as closely as the Braves fans have and, and the Braves farm system has. So he does not carry that same weight. Tuki Toussaint, Sean Newcomb, these are guys that don't have a lot of value. Now, I do think Tuki could have some to the right team, a team like Oakland, which is why uh, in, in future episodes I'm going to give some more of my off-the-wall type of additions. Um, but for now, if I'm going to give you my my perfect plan what needs to happen now aside from Marcelo Zuna who I'd love to have back I'd like to see Justin Turner and if you're not going to get a Marcelo Zuna or a starting outfielder then uh, a, a Jock Peterson platoon and you can platoon him with Austin Riley or you could go out and go for a Randall Grichuk. Teoscar Hernandez would be fantastic um, but I, I don't know if, if Alex would want to give up uh, a lot to get Teoscar uh, certainly would like to have him but uh, Justin Turner, Jock Peterson would make a, a, a very good addition, even though I don't really like platoons. The Peterson and Riley platoon could be pretty efficient and, and could, could if you go with Peterson, Riley, and Turner, you could conceivably replace the production you got from Marcelo Zuna. You could lengthen out your lineup a little bit, and you could make your bench a little bit better too. Uh, and with the starting, starting pitching upgrades, the team would be at least as good off as they were towards the back end of 2020, probably a little bit better than they were in 2020 on paper. So uh, I rapidly ran out of time on this. I was hoping I'd have a little bit longer to talk about this, but I'm going to have to cut today's episode short. Um, we'll come back tomorrow and we'll talk about some more under the radar trades and, and just me throwing some things off the wall and seeing what sticks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'll be back tomorrow here on Locked on Braves. Uh-huh.